0: Welcome to Intro to Wakandan Studies, or as I prefer to call it, The Road to Wakanda. This is a carefree black nerd classroom in which The Road to Wakanda is intended to introduce students to the content and contours of Wakandan studies, including its genealogy, development, and future challenges. I am your professor, Rain Coleman. Alright class, today on Intro to Wakandan Studies, or as I like to call it, The Road to Wakanda, we have a very special guest professor here to throw down some easter eggs, some conversation, a little bit of backstory about Black Panther, the film, the comics, and all that good stuff. We have Professor uh, Abram on in the house. Go ahead, man. Introduce yourself to the people.
1: What's up, brother? How you doing, Rain? Um, this is Abran. Um, you can find me at Abran, A-B-R-A-N, on Twitter. And uh just to give you some context on to uh, who I am, I'm the founder of New School. Uh, New School is the pop culture learning platform, so it's fitting that we're doing this in a in a teaching setting because um, that's <laughs> literally what I do. I find pop culture, And I find all the teachable moments in pop culture, and we put it on a platform where actual teachers can use it in curriculum that we developed in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So we'll turn everything from Marvel movies to basketball to hip hop to to really anything that goes viral, anything that's trending in pop culture, we turn it into curriculum to use in any subject matter area in schools. So, So just some examples of what we've done in the past. We've connected uh deadpool to common core and how he Mm -hmm. exposes the fourth wall in literature and how that connects to shakespeare Um, Mm -hmm. we broke down dna and and gene genetic science uh, in the x-men universe um, and with uh, the science of behind iron man and some of the things that goes behind the science of what he does um, and some other you know popular ones that we've done We've done some great ones around um, Afrofuturism. We even have one on Afrofuturism, which inspires oh, a lot of this movie, um, and it connected Afrofuturism to Janelle Monet and even a uh, big crit and Outcast, and, and kind of the, the history behind that. Um, we're going through just to, you know we're going through a bit of a pivot. Uh, we're exploring a merger with another um, learning platform, a personalized learning platform. So um, the, the site is out there. You know, you could check it out, but there's definitely some transitions. You might see a new look to the site, some new content even, some new even formats. You know, we have a podcast and some video that we're putting out there on YouTube. But, you know, aside from that, you know, I'm just a geek, man. I'm just a comic book head, you know, from the city. You know, I grew up in the hood in in New York and Lower East Side. And I'm out here just trying to promote the good word through 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 comics and pop culture and and all the things that we love, you know, in and. it's a great time to be a geek, to be honest, you know, Absolutely. it is a great time to be alive when you are a comic book head and you grew up on this stuff and all you talked about with your homies back in the nineties was who would play who if it was a movie right. and now we're getting right, it. Right. We're getting all these movies, you know what I mean? So it's a beautiful time right. and I'm I'm just taking it all in and trying to get my kids on board as well.
0: Good, 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 man. Same here. All that, ditto. Good job, and and it sounds like you're doing dope work over there. So I love. It. I'm gonna put um, some of the links in the show notes if I can about how to get to you, how to reach you, and how to be involved in some of your uh, your, your classes. Cause that sounds fucking dope, man. Deadpool breaking the fourth wall, teaching it as a class like that. <laughs> it's a lot of That's fun amazing, it's man. a lot of
1: fun to do you know it's it at, you know when it as a business it's obviously stressful to scale any business yeah. but you know it you never want to let it get to you too much and you want to have fun with it and we there's no much more fun than we call it we, we the process we call it seeing the numbers through the matrix right so when you mm-hmm. know if the movie the matrix there's a process of like some people see all that code and they just see the matrix right and mm-hmm. like it right, changes right. how you see things now so any movie Any song that I listen to, any movie that I watch now, we watch it through a lens where it's like, all right, at that 20 minute mark, that's a social studies lesson. At that 30 minute mark, that's a STEM lesson. You know, that's a language arts lesson at the hour mark. And like everything you do now is you just see the learning in it and- you know, mm-hmm. so it was great to just get that out there to, to other people and, and and find other people who do the same thing. And then just have a place yeah. where we could have an exchange and everyone's kind of sharing their ideas. And so that's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing. we well, will talk about that later. Um, but everyone could just find me at Abron on Twitter or at Aeronic on Instagram, A-R-O-N-I-C. And, um, you know, I'm always plugging the things that I'm getting involved with out there
0: good deal good deal so again we'll leave that on the show notes for anyone listening to this session of road to wakanda just click on it and look at this man's amazing resume (laughs) because you're doing good work man appreciate it oh no no doubt no doubt so let's get in it man let's get in it man look i'm i'm ready and i've been excited to talk with you about black panther since we first decided to do this yes sir (laughs) Man, so going right into the Black Panther film. Now, this is spoiler territory, everyone. If you haven't seen the film, pause this recording, see the film, and come right back. Um, but Wakanda, Black Panther, the characters, how did you feel watching this film? What? How?
1: I loved every minute of it. I soaked in every bit. I, I It lived up to all of the hype. It ever since i had i posted on instagram a long time ago kind of like a tiled you know uh, collage of everyone that mm-hmm. was casted in the movie and yeah. just from that day of just seeing all those beautiful faces and all those high powered high caliber you know historic actors just amazing mm-hmm. actors those greats forrest Whitaker, angela bassett you know i've been on the daniel kalua train for a long time i kind of okay. proud my uh pride myself on like catching talent before it blows up especially in like cinema yeah. I did the same mm-hmm. thing with um, John Boyega who I fell in love with from Attack the Block and I knew from Attack okay, the yeah, Block yeah. that he was going to mm-hmm. blow and sure enough J.J. Abrams caught that as well and put him in Star Wars Daniel Kaluuya he was in this small British show called The Fades with um, uh, the the British dude from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, um, yeah. Fitz and I loved him from then I'm like yo He's gonna catch on And then of course Get Out happened And then he was in this And I knew that this would Even further it even more And obviously Michael B. Jordan You know I was mm-hmm. late To Michael B. Jordan But I knew that He was gonna have An impact obviously Cause he, that's Ryan's man And right, right. you know Chadwick right. Bozeman. I'm I'm, you know From the hip hop scene I know folks from the Hip hop theater scene That are tight with Chadwick Bozeman. So I know if they Mess with him that yeah. he was gonna be A real deal You know what I mean That he okay. came from Some real From real Uh you know, a real background. Um, but I was just excited, man. I loved every minute of it. I, I think we can get into spoilers and I I don't really critique things, over critique it, like to, mm-hmm. to find the flaws in it. I know a lot of people who do yeah. podcasts around pop culture and movies right off the bat, they just find all the flaws with it. I will right, right, address right. the one critique that I've heard circulating around that mm-hmm. I just want to put it to bed real quick. So we're in spoilers now, right? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. In the beginning of the movie when they just walk you through through that animated kind of like montage of like what Wakanda is mm-hmm. uh, a lot of f- people felt like it was too much hand holding there right like just a walking through of, of everything mm-hmm. instead of just having you find it out through the movie but you right, have right, to right. understand what we talked about in the in the spoiler free section was that this is a lot of people's not only first Black Panther movie but first superhero movie ever like right. 70% of the theater that I was in, you know, were females who did not see any other movie. They didn't get any of the Easter eggs. They didn't get the post credit mm-hmm. scene because they didn't see Avengers. They were like, who is this? Right, what right. is this? They just wanted to see Black Panther. So they're not going to figure out the whole history of Wakanda in the context of the dialogue right. of the movie. You know, you had to kind of set that up. If you're an experienced movie watcher of the MCU and you're 18 movies in, you're like, yeah, I get this part. You're like, get through this, hurry up.
0: But, you know, mm-hmm. a
1: lot of people needed that. There's senior citizens watching this movie for the first time who haven't seen any of the other MCU movies. So you you got to like, yo, relax. Like, this is bigger than just how it connects to the MCU. This is about right. explaining a whole history in mm-hmm. in two hours. You know, we're not going to make this a three hour movie. So there was some things right. that they had to kind of like they call it arrow pointing. You had to kind of like point those arrows or kind of like handhold a little bit to get people up to speed.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely and i think they did an amazing job with because i don't think that that part of the film took more than maybe three or four minutes yeah like, to tell the entire history of wakanda and it isn't too different from a star wars opening shot exactly. of you know exactly. galaxy far far away like you mentioned on the last recording about this being akin to a star wars film um, so I, it, which is so weird for that to be someone's, well, I guess on one hand I get it because you got the fanboys and fangirls who are just upset that anyone else would like the property that they grew up on or yeah. whatever, which is like, okay, calm down. But then it's also like, this is just good storytelling to give me backstory as opposed to, you know, having a whole three or four prequel series before getting to this point now they could probably go back and do that but you don't need to because you've just explained everything to me in detail
1: as important as this movie was they weren't going to risk people being lost at right. any point in this movie even if it meant giving you more upfront than what you would usually get in another movie mm-hmm, absolutely
0: and and that's like a, a testament to ryan's directing and as i said before this movie being framed as a marvel movie but kind of the second frame or the invisible frame rather is that this is a standalone black film that can exist outside of the marvel universe like i just it because there are certain like the scenes the flashbacks to civil war and then even some of the post credit scenes where if you took those out of this film this would just be another political, you know, royal family drama. And, oh, it yeah. Be, it, 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 and I like that, and I think that that's a smart way. I kind of felt like that's how they were doing these movies, like with Ant-Man. Ant-Man seems to... It's clearly in the Marvel Universe, but I feel like it's one of those movies that was kind of a one-off that could be on its own. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of smart movie storytelling within these movies, but it was done so well here in Black Panther yeah and, and
1: so Marvel's formula is that they don't want to just do comic book movies every comic book movie they make is a genre movie right 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 so you know you have like espionage and you have um, buddy cop so Thor Ragnarok was like buddy cop formula there was, was mm-hmm. uh, you know um, Civil War is more like that espionage you know kind of like a, uh, Jason Bourne yeah there you go Jason Bourne Um, Mm -hmm. so this had to be kind of like, um, I wouldn't say coming to America, but like, you know, some people compare it to like Game of Thrones. Like I heard Danny who will compare it to Game of Thrones where like, Mm -hmm, there's like mm -hmm. a kingdom and all the responsibility that comes in all the drama that comes with a kingdom, you know, people overtaking the throne and people not wanting to be ruled by the kingdom. And you know, in the comics that's, they go deep on that. They go into no one wants, they don't want the monarchy anymore. In, in the comic yeah, right. books, so all the drama of like people revolting, all these tribes being like, you know what, we don't want a challenge for the throne anymore. We don't want a throne. How about we right, just right, have right. a democracy, right? How about mm-hmm. you know we don't suffer through the traditions that come with you know people being on the top and being on the bottom because now right, the people right, on right. A, anyone who's going to be on the bottom is not going to want to be on the bottom and they're going to want to fight for Absolutely. their right, you know. And mm-hmm. you have people turning against him in the comic books, and so that's that's the other thing is like they touched on wakanda in this movie wakanda in the comics is so deep has so many layers um that they could they could do so many more sequels they could do tv shows there's already a campaign to do a, a tv show on wakanda you know yeah. someone's starting on, online and they could because there's enough content there's enough storylines that break off the same at the, with the same layers as game of thrones
0: yeah, and just in this ta run alone, not even exactly. touching on Christopher Priest and the runs that came before 2016, ta and Brian Stillfrees, Like, Black Panther has a very rich history. And again, like you said in the last recording, this being the property that Marvel got back first, and then this being the first black superhero to have its own solo series, like, even within DC Comics. Like, this is... This Fantastic Four is an amazing comic. I never really got into those um, characters only because I grew up with mutants. That was my thing. Yeah, but I understand the significance of the Fantastic Four and the weight they hold in the Marvel universe. That being said, I feel as if Black Panther holds just as much weight just off the strength as he was the first black character and then he was a king. He had his own country. Like they are the first family in Marvel but he's by extension the first cousin or like he exactly the, and the,
1: you know with with the Marvel universe like the I want to say the right wing or like the conservative or whoever whoever these trolls are on the internet social media who are hating on just the the this character what he represents and everything that is not representative of the people at Marvel Marvel hold Black Panther in such high regard Yes. there's there's in a what and it's not a negative one, but there's a, a an Illuminati in the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe yeah. who oversee everything, and they're like the top, most wise, most powerful um, minds of the Marvel Universe that make you know some really important decisions. Very similar to the real you know you know conceptual mm-hmm. Illuminati. Black Panther is mm-hmm. in that Illuminati right there with like Doctor Strange and and Reed Richards, which is why they're fighting so hard to get Reed Richards into the Marvel Universe. Yes, And there was a big like, you know, interdimensional series called um, Secret Wars and Black Panther was pivotal in in Secret Wars. You know, there was so many parts that he had to play a critical role in. And so he's a big part of this Marvel Universe, not just You know, so they were like, all right, we have to make him feel as impactful in the MCU. Yeah,
0: right, right. And I think they did a really good job, even from taking Ryan Coogler in Black Panther, the film, out of it in Civil War for his not say minor role because he was in the movie a lot, but for him to be introduced there. Yeah. And this is the first we're getting of him. And like you mentioned, the people who met the young girls who saw this film, but didn't watch any other black, any other um, Marvel film, seeing him show up in Captain America, even if you knew nothing about Black Panther, you understood that he was important. Absolutely. By the end of that movie, you knew, okay, there's something to this character. And, I'm almost speechless because I, <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie that much and I enjoyed watching other people enjoy this film. You know, when I would turn around and look to the side and see people just smiling and you know, jumping back and laughing and shit, it's just like, this is something that we don't normally get on a scale like this. We have things like Insecure, ATL, or Atlanta, and stuff that's, that's good um, and they're being handled by people of color who know what they're doing. But this scale where I'm sure you got some, like you said, people who've never even thought about a Marvel film, but they packed the house for this property. Like,
1: yeah. It, and it just shows. I mean, it, it it was definitely bigger than a movie for for all of us. And and going to see this, we knew that it was going to be more than that. I mean, I never tell my mom to go see a movie, but I'm telling them like, yo, mom. Growing up in a, in a Pan-African household mm-hmm. and, and everything that we, you know, you know, just valued in our house, you know, and her sitting us down and making us watch Nelson Mandela speeches on PBS mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and how we celebrated in the house when he got out of jail. And, you know, she never let us go to school on Martin Luther King Day, even before it was nationally recognized. Yeah. Like I told I was like, yo, ma, you need to go see this movie. <laughs> like you don't need to know how it connects to anything else. Right, right, you don't need right. to even know anything about Marvel just just go see this movie and just appreciate what you're seeing on screen for what it is, because it's you know you're not going to get it often and you know or we might be there might be a paradigm shift right now where might this might spark a lot of change yes. and and just and just diversity and culture you know what I mean and like beyond what I would what I did with New School I'm a big advocate now and a big. Um, you know, community leader when it comes to diversity in tech and diversity in technology. So Mm -hmm. this has now become like my life. So seeing diversity in tech represented in this movie, holy shit, man. Like I left there more inspired to do the work that I'm doing now than ever before. And there are even elements in this movie that directly relate to my businesses.
0: Oh, okay. And I hit my
1: business partner. I was like, yo, did you see that part? Yo, that's (laughs) that's Create Labs. Create Labs is is one of my new ventures. I was like, yo, that's Create Labs right there. That is literally Create Labs what my man just did on screen. Yeah. So then we left and we're like and then I called, you know, some business partners and they were like, yo, you gotta run with that. If you saw Create Labs in that movie, then in your next business meeting you tell people Remember that scene in Black Panther? Like yeah. that is what we're trying to do in real life.
0: That's what's up. That's and kudos to you and congratulations and good luck going forward. Cause that, that, and again, just another testament to the film. That's inspiring you within your own stuff that you've been doing. Like it is lighting the fire under you, Man, that's yeah, that's man. What's up, man? For real. That the the biggest takeaway I take from this movie is that even if you aren't a fan of Black films and having black and people of color on film or on TV, money talks. And this movie proved that a film of this nature, even if it was on a smaller scale, can make money, can work. So, what I'm hoping comes from it not only is more Black Panther films, but I'm looking for more representation now because as silly as it might sound to some if we can get a jubilee movie and i say that because let's have her handled by an asian-american team who understands that lived in experience and the nuances of being an asian-american first generation or second generation woman in the 90s or 80s or whatever it's just like give us a jubilee movie then give us i don't know a, a gateway movie an aboriginal character give like it's and even if it's not a movie, even if it's just a Netflix series or if it's, you know, something streaming on Hulu, just between this, Black Lightning, though it is a DC property, um, then Runaway. I'm enjoying and- that, though. Uh-
1: I know this isn't a Black Lightning <laughs> <laughs> show, but I'm enjoying that. You know, it, it's gritty. It's kind of like CW's version of like what a Netflix show would feel yes, like for them. Yes,
0: You hit that. You hit the nail on the head. Yep, yep.
1: So it's grounded. You know what I mean? The music is amazing. I downloaded the soundtrack and tried to find as many of the songs. You know, from the show and to put in my Spotify playlist, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Scott being a big bad. I mean, Hell yes. they are nailing it on a lot of levels. And, you know, but I tell people when they ask me, like, yo, should I watch it? I'm like, it's a CW budget. Yeah. But just if you could look past that. Yes. watch yeah. it." Yeah. I, I, Not I, you can't always look past that because <laughs> of the quality, the production value. Especially when you came, you came home from Black Panther, and you're like, "Yo, what else could I watch?" And like, "Eh, he's not gonna have the same budget as Ryan, but the dude is bad. Yeah,
0: it is. The story is good. The people are freaking beautiful. Everybody on there look good. Yeah, man. And it's Yeah, so it's dope. So, yeah, for those of you out there who's listening, make sure you go ahead and check out Black Lightning as well. And uh, check out Black Lightning Matters, a carefree black nerd review show covering Black Lightning every Monday until the series is done. Uh, um, but, yeah, no, dope, 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 dope. Um, so... All right. So um, what, <laughs> we're going to move along with this discussion and let's touch on some of the behind the scenes, uh, not easily seen, Easter egg style things that you may have had to catch on a second or third or fourth watch if you weren't uh, paying attention on the first one. Any, exactly. Uh, any <laughs> I'm going to let you go ahead and start this part of the discussion. OK. With some
1: things you may have seen. Cool, cool. So this part, this is a lot of fun. And this is the part that's really difficult for a lot of people to to catch, even myself. And sometimes I have to go back, see it a second time, a third time, or, you know, cross-reference with a lot of folks that do this professionally, Mm -hmm. you know, to catch this stuff. Because Marvel has made it up their profession to embed these things into their movies. So it's very intentional to make you go back. You know, and and it gives a movie staying power, right? It gives a Mm -hmm. movie lasting power to be like, you didn't catch everything the first time. You definitely didn't catch everything the first time. So it gives you reason to watch it on Blu-ray, to go home and watch it on Netflix, and Mm -hmm. to to give it another chance Mm -hmm. because there's always something you missed. All right. So with that said, and this is a lot of fun when I catch these things, I'm like, man, how did they (laughs) work that in? So touching on some things that have more um, African culture inspiration and, and things, Uh, of that nature and spilling into the, the Marvel universe and everything else. And just little winks that Ryan threw in there. So bust how vibranium really has some ties to the real world. Okay. Okay. Right. So vibranium really could be correlated to what's called Colton. Mm -hmm. So Colton is something that's being mined in the Congo mines Mm -hmm. in the Congo region that's used in manufacturing of digital products. Oh, okay, okay. Crazy. So there, there's you know, there's a whole Wikipedia page on Colton. So I'll read you like just the first sentence of what they describe it as. Mm. Um, Colton is a dull black metallic ore from which the elements niobium and tantalum are extracted. Okay. Uh, and tantalum uh, tantalum from Colton is used to manufacture um, capacitors using electronic products. Uh craziness so there's a whole area you know that that could really feel like it's it's you know embedded in the real world just like we've been saying with everything else with um and that that also you know when you think about how many resources have been taken from africa Mm -hmm. right a whole movie and a whole premise around a world where they have a a resource that they've kept for themselves mm-hmm. and have developed for the modern world into technology, and de- did the same thing that like an Apple or Sony yeah. or Intel or Samsung would do with that same resource, but they kept it for themselves to develop their own technologies, and that's really where like the the power of vibranium comes from. Mm-hmm. Of like they develop these things, um, a lot of people don't know that Captain America's shield is vibranium, yeah. and that's why it's indestructible, um, and can come back to him and whatnot. Um, all right, so Wakanda is uh is centralized between Kenya and Ethiopia. So it borrows from both of those cultures. Um there is red, black and green symbolism all throughout yes, this movie. Yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: and he did that very intentionally in the outfits if you see them coming out the um the the the, the, the craft, the aircraft oh, okay. and the casino. Yeah. yeah, the casino scene and in that scene when you know the the water subsides and he's coming yeah, up. the aircraft yeah. mm-hmm. red black and green um, when he's standing there um, they, so go back and just look for as many you know I, I didn't catch them all go back as, as many times as you can go try and catch how many times these red black and green um, symbolisms have, have appeared mm-hmm. um, the alright here we go this is where it gets crazy <laughs> um Claw's arm cannon makes a sound,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? The same sound as Tony Stark's Iron Man blasters.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So that means that it's a combination of Wakandan and Stark technology that he stole to make that blaster.
0: Yes, yes, and
1: it. They don't make that. They don't. From a sound editing standpoint, they don't do that. You know, on accident. Right, right, right. That is right. very intentional.
0: And you know, even taking a uh, diverging a little bit here, Claw was such a dynamic villain, and with you bringing that up, I really wish—and again, this is spoiler field, not spoiler free—I yep, really wish yep. he w- hadn't have died. And I have a idea that he may be coming back, but. I wish he hadn't died because that very idea there that we have Stark and Wakandan technology together on this villain of all things, because he's the only one who knows about this secret city of El Dorado. Like there's so much more that could have been done with his Mm -hmm. arm and with like he was, he could have been one of the greatest villains with his knowledge alone. So man, that's, yeah.
1: But you know, I'm a, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to go that ahead, ahead. into I'ma get into death here, mm-hmm. right? So that'll lead into something else that I want to talk about. Okay. Um all right, so uh, T'Chaka, right, played by John Connie mm-hmm. Um when they flash back in the beginning, back to the nineties, to a young T'Chaka, he's played by Connie, who is John Connie's real life son. Mm-hmm. So the younger version of T'Chaka is played by his son, which I think obviously for accuracy with the look and everything worked perfectly, Mm -hmm. right? So then this blew my mind, right? So Zuri, Forrest Whitaker, the young Forrest Whitaker is played by Denzel Whitaker, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Who everyone from here, who I thought from here and from Great Debaters is Forrest Whitaker's son. (laughs) It is not his son. Same last name, no relation. At all. (laughs) It, it, except in Hollywood everyone in Hollywood thinks that's his son everyone it? in movies when we watch these movies we think that's his son and we thought that this was like two on two right yeah. like two father son right, com- right, right. combinations of like older and younger that been so and fun. but his name Denzel Whitaker he is in fact named after Denzel Washington okay. so that is is true so that's that's crazy uh, we mentioned the Black Panther was the first property back in 2005 mm-hmm. right all right so now Killmonger right uh, michael B Jordan uh the mask that he steals from the museum is a mask that he wears in the comic book. Yeah. So that's why he was like, you know, I like this one. I'm gonna keep this one. Right, right. Right? So there was a nod to that. There is a four in the Wakandan glyphs on one of the walls. Uh and you know what that's a nod to.
0: Fantastic four.
1: Fantastic four. And that's where Black Panther first showed up. Yes, yes. Um Let me see what else. Oh, so Shuri who is a bad mofo in this movie and so far who I've seen as a consensus as the fan favorite Mm -hmm. um, out of all the cast members so a lot of people are now campaigning for her to become Riri Williams right to kind of take that mantra how do you feel about that
0: um, I'm of two minds I'm of one that would be great but she's doing such an amazing job with her portrayal with Shuri that I feel as if she should stick with Shuri. Uh, and if nothing else, but for the fact that Shuri and Riri Williams, though the cinematic universe is its own distinction, it's Earth199999. So it does, you know, you can move things around so you can de age and age up. I still feel like Riri Williams would be better played by a younger actress, by a younger girl. I mean, like 9, 10 years old, so that she could grow. In- I just I feel like Riri needs a younger feel. I don't want an adult woman playing her because I feel like it would take away from... Though she's a great actress, it would take away from part of the thing that makes um, Lunella so... Lunella... Uh, Riri so special. Yes. Um, so, but, but I'm not against it. If you want to play around with it and make it work, that's the biggest thing for me. If you can change some things around in this cinematic universe... And make it make sense, much in the way that we got Killmonger being a part of the royal family. That made sense with the way they presented the movie. So if you can make it make sense to me, then I'm I'll buy it, I'll accept it. But as great as she, so here's is, the
1: best argument that I've heard mm-hmm. against it. Right, yep. I heard so, and you know I was, and this came from two Australian guys that I listened to. Okay, they said if you are really trying to promote diversity and get more black actors and actresses on screen, Mm -hmm. then you don't double dip. Okay. Yep. Right. You, you don't get one girl to take up two Marvel, you know, mantras where that could be a job for another young black sister to come in and become part of this universe. Absolutely. Right. So absolutely. I was totally behind that. And also, I mean, but, but they are going to play with it because I feel like, she was this world's Tony Stark, right? Yeah, with her absolutely. quips, mm-hmm. with her understanding of technology, and also the technology that she developed for his suit to come out of the the, the necklace. Um, you will see inspire the um, I think they call it the Bleeding Edge suit, the Iron Man suit that you're going to see in mm-hmm. Iron Man uh, in, in Avengers Four. He'll probably. Visit Wakanda, or get up with Shuri and have the same kind of chemistry that he had with with um with Banner, mm-hmm. with the Hulk of like you know you know great minds think alike. Yeah. You know what tech are you working on? Well, what what are you working on? Right, he probably right. takes some inspiration to then have an Iron Man suit come out of like a watch or a ring or his glasses, whatever. You know, yeah, what I mean? to have yeah. it come out and uh, you know consume him the same way that the the suit did for for um for T'Challa. Um, yeah, yeah. So they they are going to play around with that chemistry I think. But not yeah, necessarily I, make her because in the comics she becomes Black Panther.
0: Yeah, absolutely and that was my uh next point is that that's that's a lot of weight on the shoulders of one actress. Like yeah. to say because Riri's story is still relatively new in the comics you, and yep. she's developing and there's so many other ways that she can go. Um so to the Australian guy's point, and to your point, it would be nice to get another black woman uh, in that role, especially because it's a Marvel movie, and once you're signed in with Marvel, it's almost like being in with a soap opera. You're kind of guaranteed at least five movies, I would imagine. You know, three to five or whatever. Yeah. So, no, it would be nice to get someone else, but Shuri has so much weight on her shoulders already, and I don't know if we need a really yeah. analog in absolutely
1: Shuri. So, so speaking of Shuri, so she mentions um, the the shoe design was inspired by, you know, one of the movies that uh-huh, the dad used uh-huh, to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know what that is. Those yes. were the Nike Mags from yes. Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, the there f- were a lot of nods to uh, the James Bond franchise. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, the, the movie itself felt inspired by James Bond of like she was cute. You know, sure. she was the tech person behind James Bond. Mm-hmm. She was behind her brother of like, these are some new gadgets that you're going to try. But that's another thing that I felt like they they changed up a bit where like, I think in the comics, T'Challa is more the yes, technical mind. absolutely, that's true. Where here, they put that in his sister mm-hmm. and he looks at her like rolling his eyes like, all right, what'd you do this time? Right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It mm-hmm. was fine last time. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like he's reluctant to advance with technology where yeah. she's all up on it, you know? Um, And in the comics, he's more of like a black Reed Richards or black Tony Stark where Mm -hmm. like he's coming up with stuff. But I like I like what they did here. I like that they put it on her um, and and kind of brought out her character some more.
0: Yeah. Same. Same here. Uh, Just from her lab alone, like every shot of first of all, it was beautifully constructed. I don't know how much was green screen, how much was like a set built. But that was an amazing lab. The architecture was beautiful. It was the, it was her her excitement behind all of the stuff that she was creating. Um, her relationship with T'Challa, like it, it felt as if, if the black Panther of the comics was real, this is an accurate depiction of what it could be or what it would be. So I'm just speaking of her. I wonder if we're going to go the route of making Shuri, a black panther later on and if we do yeah. what does that look like with the character who we have in this film how do we progress or get to that
1: point cuz yeah so let's uh let's we're going to get into the future of this franchise mm-hmm. of how it connects to the MCU i think the one last thing that i wanted to point out from a from a spoiler or not a spoiler from an easter egg perspective is that um Nakia, who was also another fan for uh, Lupita Nyong'o, yeah. and um, Oyo, who is the second in command of the um, Dora Milaji. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Dora Milaghi. Um, She is. They team up. They become the Midnight Angels. Right, right, right. Um, and so there, there's, there's potential there for Nakia to have a more complex role in this universe and not just be his queen. Right. Because, you know, she becomes uh, Malice and. And in the comics, she takes the, the you know, the stance of, I don't want a monarchy anymore. I don't want mm-hmm. the king, you know, and, and she t- kind of takes you know, the side of the people and of the women, right? And like, right. you know, standing up for, for the women and to, to continue to kind of like represent themselves and govern themselves and, and represent their own people and not have a king that they worship and, and but they become, I mean, they were badass in this movie and they become even more badass when they become their own team yes. um, and take it a whole nother level. Um, that, that's, I'm... Man, as I, I tried to get through as much of the comic as I could before the movie, yeah. but man, there are so many layers in the comic that they could yes, go with this. Yes, yes, You know, this just really scratched the surface.
0: Yeah, and that's, again, the beauty of Ryan Coogler, the beauty of ta Coates' run, the beauty of just this property on his own. And, you know, it, it's... I feel as if, because Black Panther isn't a Captain America or a Superman or a Batman. He isn't in the public. Um, now he's in the public conversation, but I feel like because he's been untouched for so long, him. And when I say him, I mean him, Wakanda and every thing that surrounds Black Panther, because it hasn't been in the forefront, it has, uh, been able to survive without a lot of interference. So the stories that yeah. we get, they aren't like, we got Humongous runs from different people. We didn't get 12 issues by Tom from Down the Street, six issues by Susie, four and a half arcs by like we got consistent. Uh, so there is a voice with Black Panther that you may not get, uh, with like say a Miss Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel rather, or a Captain America, or um, you know, even an X Men franchise. Like they're always moving pieces around, but Ta Nehisi Coast has been on Black Panther. Since 2016, Black Panther, uh, The Crew, Roxanne Gay did World of Wakanda. So you have this particular voice or kind of feeling or um, mood of Wakanda that hasn't been touched by so many different people that kind of in a way um, mirrors the not having been colonized idea that Wakanda has not been touched by a lot of outside hands and that absolutely that's ah, bro.
1: you know and I would even tell people that don't have the time to go and read all the comics which I mean I would totally tell you to go read yes, these comics yes. they're definitely worth it um, especially this last run uh, by Coates um, from an animated perspective they did a great job with the uh, Avengers animated movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in in focusing and featuring the Black Panther story and then there is uh I don't, they call it, they're like animated comics? Yeah. Where they're like stills, like moving stills yeah. of panels mm-hmm. narrated. And uh, what's your man's name that, that voiced Black Panther in that? And hey, you know um, I
0: cannot remember? I just remember being on um,
1: BET. I mean, yes, yeah, so you're right. It was on BET. Oh, um, i trying to find... Uh, Homeboy from Gladiator and from um, Amistad. Uh, I don't want to mess up his name.
0: Uh, you know... Oh, um, mm, you not gonna give me the e- up everyone to, uh, who's <laughs> listening to this is yelling at us Right, right, right. right. <laughs> look, while y'all yelling, go into the comments on SoundCloud or Twitter and, and give me the phonetic uh pronunciation of how, how to say this man's name. I'm trying to look it up while we <laughs> talking here. <laughs>
1: Jiman Hunsu. Oh,
0: uh, see,
1: oh yeah, there you go.
0: For, um, Kamora's ex husband or husband yeah. or Jamal
1: So Jumanju voiced um, Black Panther in this like animated thing that they did for BET. Mm-hmm. And and that I, I enjoyed that. That was a good run. Yeah. Um it's not it's not full movements, but you you get into it. You know, yeah. once you get past, you know how they do the animations right, 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 right. and not having full movement and just, you know, watching kind of like stills, mm-hmm. then um you can get past that part. Yeah. Um but I think, you know, this will be a good time to get into um how it connects to the MCU, right? And so now for the real heads who are listening to this, (laughs) who have seen all 18 movies and are trying to put all the pieces together, you know, what does this mean? Why was this movie so important? Mm -hmm. And I have two words for you. Soul Stone. Okay. 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 So this is where we are. Yeah, all right. So here we are. So all of the Marvel movies in the MCU going from Iron Man 1, Captain America 1, you know, Avengers 1 all the way to now are all connected by these infinity stones, right? These are like intergalactic stones from the universe. I don't know where they originated from. I'm not that deep <laughs> into the comic. Um, but they all represent something. And they are one, two, three, four, five, six stones, mm-hmm. right? All with a different power. Sorry, I'm going to do this real quick. Go ahead. Space, the space stone, right, was found in the Tesseract in Captain America 1 the red skull had it mm-hmm. right they got it from the red skull and they gave it to asgard thor's home with odin for safekeeping done right that one is safe the reality stone alters reality found in the thor dark world movie they safely retrieved it and gave it to the collector who was played by benicio del toro he's mm-hmm. kind of like this you know universal collector of of um just artifacts um the power stone which was found in the guardians movie guardians of the galaxy one was given to the nova core and the nova core is this whole kind of like um this uh intergalactic you know military core that that protects the universe there you go in in other galaxies Mm -hmm. Uh, the mind stone was in loki's scepter and they removed it from the scepter and put it in Vision's head. Yeah. So Vision, who was a character in Avengers, you know everything, all of his powers is contained in in the Mind Stone, which is why he's such a cerebral character. Right. 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 Um, the Time Stone is in. The necklace around Doctor Strange's neck, called the Eye of Agamotto, which is why that movie had such a Inception style kind of feel, where they bent time, and even in saving, you know, um, Earth in that movie, they had to kind of like reverse time, and you know, there was like. Time was bent in that movie and it was all because of that, that premise. Mm-hmm. So what better stone to give to the African culture, to the black culture, or to, <laughs> to this universe than yeah. the soul stone, Man. right? Yes. Of, of all these space, reality, mind, power, time, soul, of course the soul one is in Wakanda. Or the theory is that the soul stone is in Wakanda, mm-hmm. protected by um, the Black Panther and so the he, all right, so there's levels to this, okay. right? Because okay. the Soul Stone um, affects and controls souls, which is why you can tap into the afterlife mm-hmm. only in Wakanda, mm-hmm. right? So you can tap into the griots, you can tap into the ancestors and into the afterlife and speak to your past loved ones mm-hmm. because the Soul Stone is powering all of that, right? Okay. And the the other theory is that. The, the, the flower and the petals that he eats to get his powers are planted above the soul stone or powered by the soul stone as okay, well.
0: Okay, okay, I can see. Right? That. So now
1: you see where it's getting deep. Yeah. And then um, it also leads into why uh, Thanos, who puts all of these stones into uh, that, I don't wanna call it a glove, but I'm just gonna call it a glove, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that gives him all his powers. He's trying to collect all of the stones, so he's going to attack Asgard to get the stone. He's going to attack the Collector, the Nova Core. He's going to probably go to Vision and rip it right out of, it, out of his head, you know, and Doctor Strange and get it from him.
0: Bro, you have done a great service because I was just having a conversation about I understand what the Infinity Stones or Gems or whatever, I understand what they are, but throughout the course of Marvel Cinematic Universe's 10-year history, I've seen mention of them, and I've seen them pop up, but it hasn't, though I'm sure it was just a Google search away for me, I just never put much energy into fi- figuring out, <coughs> excuse me, what was what and what went where. So not only are you teaching the class, you're teaching me as well, because, brother, I I have, I, thank you. <laughs> but it, 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 Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, so now this is what this means. This this is what this means not only for the universe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this is what this means for this current movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Anyone who dies can probably be brought back because the soul stone is there. So what does that mean? Does Yeah. Killmonger come back? Does, you know, Michael B. Jordan come back or, you know, does it get into the wrong hands? You know, um, and bring back, I mean, I don't think it would bring back Claw, you know, as pivotal as he was to this storyline. You know, I think if anything, if they ever use this to resurrect anybody, it would be, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing back um, Killmonger and bringing back Michael B. Jordan or, you know, putting his soul into somebody else. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, Marvel can do some weird, weird stuff like that. Cause it controls your soul Not your physical body So what does that mean About the soul You know Is there gonna be fighting That happens in the mind Similar to what you would see In like yeah, yeah. Um, You know Star Wars Where it's kinda like Jedi fighting Or mm-hmm. You know Other You know Almost like uh, Stranger things Where there's fighting On the upside down Right yeah. um, So you well, gotta think you yeah. know, This is gonna jump dimensions see, this, is gonna yes, jump yes. see, this is gonna jump astral planes This is gonna jump Into I've, the I've physical world on, And spiritual hold world hold
0: on to For so long is within Killmonger's history. He has been resurrected so many times that now, everything you said, be it a theory or not, I feel as if that makes a 100% sense with the Soul Stone or Jim being in Wakanda and powering the Heart-Shaped Herb. There is a cult following in the Marvel Comics for Killmonger where he is constantly resurrected. So I can, just like you said, I can see him being resurrected and it making complete sense with the nature of the soul gem the nature of wakanda itself so yeah man that's that's a good i'm sure i'm sure he'll be back yeah i mean (laughs) he has to and
1: and they could do it in a way that's not corny and that's the important part right like they they're not going to retcon it just because you know there was an audience demand for Michael B Jordan yeah. to come back. Like they could do it in a way that makes complete sense to the universe and how the universe works. And the way that Marvel works is that each of these movies, each of these separate, you know, genres of the MCU have introduced a different concept, right? So yeah. like they introduced, you know, traveling into space with Guardians, right? And traveling to mm-hmm. different galaxies. They introduced traveling into, you know, the multiverse with Ant-Man, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, going so small and and at two atomic levels, the micro, you, yeah, micro-verse, the, the microverse, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then the multiverse with um Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. So now all of these things are on the table. Right? All of these things are on the table to be explored further. So now the afterlife is now on the table through Wakanda. Mm-hmm. So now that's on the yeah. table, right? So that means there could be fighting there. There could be further exploring of going in and out of it. Um and and just traveling in and traveling back out to to complete mm-hmm. different missions to explore different things, um, so now all of this is culminating to the Infinity War to you know to this and last chapter or first chapter of Phase Four last chapter of Phase Three I don't know how that works mm-hmm. right now um, to figure out all right, where does this go next right so th- I feel like this is a good segue to the X Men to Fantastic Four to the Fox stuff. So not to get too nerdy, but the Fox properties are the last piece to the Marvel Universe that they don't own, which includes the X-Men, Mutants, and the Fantastic Four. The MCU cannot say the word mutant. The word mutant is owned by Fox. Um, That's why they call them Meta-Humans in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or they had the Inhumans, which bombed horribly. Um, But they could say once they Own those Fox properties, the Fantastic Four were lost in the multiverse the whole time and they just showed up. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Or the mutants are in another dimension in a parallel Earth, you know, this whole time and the two worlds combined after the Infinity War and boom, you have mutants now. Right,
0: right, right. right.
1: So then boom, you have mutants now and then holy shit, you know, T'Challa meets. Aurora, <laughs> you right, know, right, right. and that's going to ho- open up a whole nother can of worms. Um, and they could, you know, with Storm. So that's the other thing to have it be Storm, right? To have Storm,
0: because
1: ev- mm-hmm. now every woman out there who who learned that Storm and T'Challa were married, like people asking me, like, all right, how does this happen? You know, on Facebook, yeah. they're like, all right, explain to me, how can we get Holly Berry and <laughs> uh, and Chadwick up there, or you know, how do we get a, a storm represented by another, you know, badass woman up there? Right, 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 You know, and they could do it with Holly, they could do it even with the young girl who's doing the current run, yeah, Alexandra. Shipp. Um, because I, I don't know how old she is, you know, she could be she's around the same age as Chadwick, like
0: 20, 23, 24. I'm thinking, but I'll yeah, get wrong, so
1: I it might even make more sense to have her do it because she's not mm-hmm. that far off. With him, or it could be an older, more distinguished Storm, the way that I'm used Mm -hmm. to seeing her in the comics of her being a leader. She's running the school. Mm -hmm. She's she's one of the the older generation, um, the original ones. uh, That's more of a teacher. Um, But to connect them, you would have to one have Marvel buy Fox or Disney buy Fox, give all those Fox properties to Marvel. As they stand now, and then by in that sense, Disney and Marvel will then own the rights to all of those cast Which is members
0: actually either happen or in the final st- oh God,
1: let me not speak to so there yeah, it's an antitrust yeah, it's... review right now mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause Comcast came in and threw in a bid, and they're looking at it like is Disney gonna own too much if they get yeah. it you know so you know that'll that'll get worked out. And I think even if Comcast buys a lot of the other Fox properties that Disney was given, because Disney was supposed to be given every fiction property of Fox. So Fox was just keeping sports and news, everything. I'm talking about like Predator, you know, uh, Cocoon, (laughs) like 80s movies. Like just the rights to all those things to possibly reboot again. You know, they would, Disney would get all of that. Disney, I yeah. think Disney would get like Fast and Furious, you know, just something oh, wow. crazy. So it's like, Disney's not going to make more Fast and Furious movies. And like, is Disney really going to make more Predator movies, more alien movies? Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff would have to be reviewed. So maybe Comcast gets all that stuff. And then Disney's like, all right, we'll just give us all the Marvel properties and y'all can have that. Um, so maybe it works out that way. But if, that if let's say, you know, all, all things work out, X-Men come home, um, Fantastic Four come home then in that sense you could just easily say, you know, there there were two alternate earths that combined after the Infinity War or characters mm-hmm. flipped, you know, and the what's this movie? Um, uh, the Cloverfield Paradox kind of played around with yeah. that concept um of like you combining elements from two different earths. Um, you know, they could do it that way. And it's, it's gonna take a lot of buy in by the fans to like jump on board with such a, a an ethereal kinda like you know, concept terrestrial, like, you know, messing around with universes and galaxies and dimensions. But if they can get past that, then you can combine them. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you would have to explain that Storm has been on Earth this whole time and no one's found her. You know, that's going to be harder to explain, I feel like, than saying that she's been around the whole time just in in an alternate Earth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And with the way that both Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok were handled, I feel like you... Because in and deviating a bit with Thor Ragnarok, the supporting cast was so well presented to a point where homeboy, or oh, I forget his name, the dude who had that little voice, but he was that big, imposing Yes. Oh my imposing, god, he was great. He was like he was a fan favorite. He and was. within these last films, they've done a good job at presenting a property and you just enjoy it. Just yeah. like I said, Killmonger is in. not part of the royal family. But within Brian Coogler's Wakanda, he is and it makes sense. So moving down the line, you're going to have to come up with a plan with some people who think a bit differently than what we've been presented post-Ragnarok and introduce these characters in a way that makes sense. Because like you said, explain away Storm. Where the hell you been with all this shit going on? You yeah. Know, and you got...
1: Korg was the guy's name in Ragnarok. Yes. yes and you yes, know to be honest bad. that was played by what's yeah, like you said Waititi the director of the movie yeah. played him. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah. did it did it flawlessly. But yeah, you're right, you have to believe that um this is going to be ironic to say, but you have to believe that in the Marvel universe there was no stone left unturned other than mm-hmm. Wakanda. Right? You have to right. believe that Wakanda was the only piece of earth left that was, you know, unturned, that undiscovered land, mm-hmm. um, that everything else was discovered either by S.H.I.E.L.D. or by the Avengers, or yeah. by the CIA, you know, Ross in this movie, you know, that they know that they're on file. The What happened with the mutants in the X-Men universe, um, too much happened in plain sight to the White House, yes. to other things that you can't mm-hmm. say happened in this MCU, that had to happen right. in an alternate Earth. Um, but, mm-hmm. however everything that you remember from those X-Men movies was erased by yeah. Days Future Past. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this new run with the young Storm is introducing a new Storm. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen the older version yet, the current day version, because yeah. the last ones have been in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I think this next one I think, yeah. is going to be in the 90s. So yes, mm-hmm. we don't know what the X-Men look like Yet in 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. we know what happened to them in the 20. I think it was the 2040s. Um, yeah. And then where they went back in time in Days of Future Past, but they right, they, right. they reversed whatever ha- was how desolate that looked like in the 2040s when everything went to shit with the Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Um. So now we don't know what you know 2018 is going to look like, and what that storm is going to look like, and how she's going to be represented. So they have a chance here to introduce the older version of that new storm.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: yeah. into the MCU if they could do it right.
0: And and you know, I'm, I'm feeling really confident now, more so than I was before Black Panther, because Black Panther was handled by a team of color and they did an amazing job. Thor Ragnarok was handled by a person of color and not to say white people can't make good films but you're getting on a larger scale nuances and different lived in experiences that present other types of ways of, of telling stories so whereas before it was like okay if this deal happens and we get a storm or we get a mutants okay that's fine but they'll probably be like every other avengers film not to say they won't be good but they'll just be you know cookie cutter yeah but with the
1: success go ahead i think i think you hit i think you hit it i think you nailed it on the head because you know i listen to podcasts that break down these movies you know, mm-hmm. of of white dudes and, you know, the one... You know, I love these guys. They're called uh, The Weekly Planet. And they're in Australia. Okay. So they're not even of mm-hmm. American culture. But they do the best job as far as, like, breaking down Easter eggs and plots and yeah. connections to the MCU. But it was kind of painful to hear them break down this movie because they didn't get those nuances at all. Like, they didn't get the jokes. They didn't get the humor. They didn't get the, the inside uh, social yeah. commentary and the references, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's the thing. It's like there are certain things added to this movie that you know were for a mainstream audience and were not made for a mainstream audience. There were certain right, right, right. nods into this that that were for us. Oh, so perfect example. Now that we're in the spoilers, I can say this. So when I referenced yeah. before my uh, my business, Create Labs, um, mm-hmm. when when T'Challa and Shuri went back to Oakland. Right. And they were standing there in front of the building. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going to run a center here. She's like, what? And he was like, you know, I bought this building and we're going to have a Wakandan research facility Um here. Yeah, I forgot what he called it. The Wakanda Research Institute. Um yeah. mm-hmm. That's you know, we're making those. We, we're we trying to establish, you know, not Wakandan research institutes, but, you know, <laughs> technology centers in, in the hood and, and in uh, areas of need. And we have a lot of momentum around this. So when I saw that, I, you know, I jumped out of my seat. But the whole theater jumped out of their seat because of the whole concept mm-hmm. of black ownership. When my man said, "I bought this building," you heard applause. And that one. Yes. And that one. Yes. And that one. Yes. Yo, the <laughs> the the audience lost their mind every time he said in that one. Like the whole yes. concept of black audience of, of black ownership in this movie. You know, was for them like the peak and the highlight of the movie beyond any like plot point around like the storyline. It was crazy. It was so beautiful to right. see, but it was crazy to hear.
0: Man, you are absolutely right. Cause that was the moment where I was just like, damn. You know, even more so than the, um, their spaceship, the Wakanda spaceship coming yeah. down onto the basketball court and the kids being excited about it. I was just like, shit, you done bought up this whole goddamn yeah, block pretty much. And, you know, it was, yeah, that was that was very exciting even for me in the midst of watching the film so yeah I remember that reaction Um,
1: so I want to ask you because this has been and I think I think Killmonger and and Michael B. Jordan I think this character is going to live on in in legend and infamy Mm -hmm. beyond this movie I think he's just going to become another character that that represents the the culture his line at the end Mm -hmm. you know in his dying breath about you know being free um and just everything that i've seen on social media since of people siding with him and and seeing Mm -hmm. where he comes from and maybe not believing in his approach but almost kind of like a malcolm and martin dynamic with them Mm -hmm. too, with like you know by any means necessary we got to do this and both being right and i think that you know his character if any out of this movie is going to live on beyond this movie and you're gonna see on T-shirts and posters and quoted, yeah. you know, the same way you you get, you know, rappers quoting Scarface for years, but wasn't part of our culture, you know, mm-hmm. quoting Godfather's for years and not part of our culture. You're gonna see a whole lineage of of rappers, you know, quoting, you know, <laughs> Killmonger, you know, and <laughs> and naming albums after him and and just going after, you know, what he was going after.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that is the logical next step because with hip hop for as long as it's been around, there has been references to comic books and cartoons and things that those artists, uh, those hip hop artists grew up on and, and consumed prior to and during their rap career. So I'm. I'm sure that there's somebody, maybe even Drake, (laughs) sitting down right now coming up with something like, Oh shit, how do I work Killmonger into this? Or Black Panther as a whole, but specifically Killmonger. I'm sure, I'm sure that yes, just from his look to his attitude and his attitude about race relations within the African slash African American community and the like again, you may not have agreed with his methods, but a lot of people agree with his ideology. So, yeah, I'm sure he's going to live on as an icon through the thoughts of other people in the way that, you know, these other comic book properties have been for years. So, yeah.
1: And I think he represents, you know, without taking it to to his extremes, he represents the everyday, you know, black man that, like, has these same frustrations. And we're we're not all... um, we're not all T'Challa. We're not all as righteous mm-hmm. and virtuous, and and grew up in royalty as, as like is the way that T'Challa did. And I think they they did a great job of not giving Michael B. Jordan an accent in this movie and having him grow yeah. up in Oakland because he is mm-hmm. who we connect with most out of this movie because he's mm-hmm. from where we're from and he he approaches things because he has the same frustrations that we have. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. he just realized that he came into power with certain things that shit, we might react the same way. I was kind of, you know, to be honest, I was kind of looking forward to him giving that tech to the war dogs <laughs> to see what yeah, they would do yeah. with it. You yeah, know, same it same. didn't happen, but I was like, yo, let's see where this goes. <laughs> let's see how this plays out. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah, same here. I was I was like, okay, I, though you are extreme, what comes from this extreme behavior? Like what, I, I, I wanted to follow that plot line. Maybe if not in this movie, I figured, hell, oh, somebody will get the the tech, and then this pops up after Infinity War Part Two, like we would get the backlash or the ramifications from him sending those weapons out.
1: But I mean, it's not a stretch for us because, I mean, we, we're we, I feel like white people are are just getting used to in these last few years the concept of like antiheroes, right? And mm-hmm. and and believing in, believing in antiheroes in in uh, TV, right? Um, mm-hmm. I th- we're used to it, right? We're used to rooting for American gangsters, Scarface, you know, um, uh, their presidents, you know what I mean? Like, they were robbing Bakes, but I didn't want them to get caught, you know what I mean? I didn't want them to right, go out right, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're used to, it, it, belly, you know, like, it doesn't end well, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, when they're going for theirs, when they're trying to get their piece of the American dream, you're, you're rooting for them, you know? But you know it's going to end up badly at some point, but you're along for the ride, you know, while they're still running it, because you want that same piece of the American dream as them. And we kind of had that same kind of like ride with with Killmonger. Like, you know what? Let's see where this goes. We're riding with homie. It might not end well for him because Black Panther's standing right there. <laughs> He's gonna shut him down. Right, 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 right. right. But you know, let him live for a little bit. Let him run with this and see where it goes. And then you know, let him you know face the consequences later.
0: Man, look that. I I really wanted more of him, Killmonger. Ruling Wakanda. I want, like, give me, like, 15 to maybe 30 extra minutes of what he does as the king and not just the violent shit, like, him being on the throne. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I wanted more of that, but I understand there's a four-hour uh, movie out there somewhere with all this other stuff in it, but I wanted, I wanted just a little taste of that, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I feel like that's it for me, man. I feel like I touched on a lot of the things, um, there's... <laughs> You know, and I haven't even seen it a second time, so I need to go back and see it. And I'm probably going to call you <laughs> and be like, yo, I missed yeah. this. We need to go back. Right, right, right. We right. need to hit this again. Okay, uh, okay. But so This I'll is amazing, this time, bro.
0: Man. man, yeah, you're more than welcome back anytime, man. Just let me know, and I'd love to have you on um, on either show or whatever.
1: I'd love to have you
0: on again speaking to the class about you know with your perspective on things because this was a very good conversation
1: very good, very good. absolutely man anytime I mean th- like I said man this is what I do you know I, I take this more seriously than most folks because you know I believe in the education and that can, that can come out of this and you know the whole right, concept right. behind new school was real life learning culturally responsive learning culturally relevant making things more relevant to the students and meaningful to their mm-hmm. lives and you will see that right. learning and engagement increase um, because you're connecting it to things that they care about, and mm-hmm. you're doing it from a place that they can relate to and because learning doesn't happen in a vacuum. Learning happens in, in, in real life. The kids are coming from right, their right. world into that classroom so they can't ignore their life, their world, the things that are happening mm-hmm. in the streets when they you know come into your room. So if you're going to reference history, if you're going to reference social studies, reference the social studies that they're experiencing every day, you know that, they, right, that right, they're right. walking through to get to your classroom. You know, if the kids got to walk through the projects to get to your class, talk about the projects in the class and help them understand it and how to get out of it. Um, right. So there's so many levels to it. You know, I'm, you know, turning certain aspects of it into a business because it's a curriculum platform and there's a subscription mm-hmm. to it. But there's a lot of things that. I just enjoy out of it that I don't want to charge for. So that's why I want right. to do some of it through a podcast and some of it through through YouTube or just, you know, turning mm-hmm. it in, in some aspects of it into a blog just because I want to get that out there for people to enjoy without feeling yeah. like, oh, I'm not a teacher. How do I I don't want to get into this if I'm not in the classroom right, like now, nah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to make a lot of this available to you if you're not in the classroom, because we love just debating this. This is barbershop talk to us. This is just mm-hmm, things that absolutely. we do, you know, on a couch and, and with our people. We, we we dive into this, you know, without it having to be, you know, with a with a homework assignment or anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you said it, man. You said a, a lot there. And um, you know, just one more time if you can give the, the listener the students rather your um whatever social media is you want to give out or whatever
1: Yeah absolutely so on Twitter, you could find me just first name. I'm part of that first name club. A B R A N, O'Brian, just straight up at Abron. And then on Instagram, it's um, my. Uh, you know, everyone's got a hip hop name, a tag name. I was a, a recording <laughs> artist in my twenties. Um, Aronic, and that's A R O N I C, just straight up at Aronic um, on Instagram. And everything else with regard to like my businesses and the ventures with New School, with Create Labs. Believe me, you'll find. Through my personal accounts, in you know, Mm -hmm. as they're ready to be unveiled again with new with new announcements or grand openings or you know releases or anything, you'll you'll find out, and I'll point you to the right direction there. Good
0: deal, good deal. So I have your Instagram and your Twitter on the show notes, so folks can know where to get in touch with your uh, with you, professor. And uh, thank you all out there for listening to another session of Road to Wakanda. This has been an amazing experience. Uh, Catch the feed for more on carefree black nerd and the different shows that are going on there. Um, make sure when you're listening to this episode, live tweet using the hashtag RTW pod or CBNpod, pod. That's fine. Um, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy and Wakanda forever.
1: Wakanda. <laughs>